Jam, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of Flywheel. I'm DeFi Dave, and I'm here with Kit and Sam. And we're going to do a special edition, like I said, going over all our predictions for next year, as well as a little recap of this year. Um, guys, how are you feeling about this episode? I'm really excited for this one. I've been thinking quite deeply about this for some time. What's going on next year? And like, one thing I'm trying to do is like, how do I not be a basic bitch? How do I not have like the same <laughs> predictions as, as everyone else? And like, what are the surprises that are going to come next year? Like, how do I not be a bandwagoner? And like, that's kind of like how I made my predictions. And so what about you guys? I think being on the bandwagon is good sometimes. You know, I, the, the, the things that you want to try to get are the trends, right? So it's, it's more about trends than anything else. I think I got a blend of like some consensus views, some contrarian views. So I, I feel like this is going to be a good pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I think I have a little bit of both, but like there's some things I, that are definitely out there for mine. Um, you know, I think it's good to be contrarian and go against the grain, but also like, you know, have that balance and all. So let's get right into it. Uh, Kit, I believe you, uh, prepared yeah, yeah. For us, yeah, you prepared for us a little uh, year in review, a recap of the whole macro picture of crypto yeah, yeah. just web3 and DeFi. Just, so just a little just thing. a little snippet just a little yeah. snippet right just to kind of recap on what the hell happened this year so let's let's just start off in like you know q1 2022 um ftx raised about you know 2.4 billion dollars and ftx us raised 400 million dollars uh tiger global invested almost 350 million dollars in you know a handful of crypto projects uh twitter blue finally to allow nft displays and facebook and instagram doing the same and then we ukraine donations actually hit 20 million dollars in three days the luna foundation raised a billion for ust reserves this is still all in q1 guys just q1 i just want to give like some like context to this this is like top of the bowl like everybody was raising money was flowing interest rates were low it was just a different time and like for those that's been around it just it felt like the top it definitely it felt so toppy at this time when everyone's it felt i mean yeah it felt great i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I mean a circle was about to go spack it um so that that's a big deal uh, still in Q1, last big news in Q1 is that there was the Ronin Axie Bridge hack, which is $620 million. Uh, that was a pretty Damn pretty North Koreans. Big... <laughs> I mean, that's, that was cray cray. And then, you know, let's slide forward into Q2. Um, largely, there's like just two overarching news in Q2. It's like one is the 3AC blow up, which kind of happened in May, June time. And then... Um, this case I thought was very interesting is when the U.S. prosecutor charged uh, charged insider trading to the OpenSea employee. You, oh, you that guy, that? Nate. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know what his name was, but that, Nate it was, Chastain. It was, it was just yeah, it, it was just crazy, right? It's like wow, yeah. like you could you know insider. He was being made an that. example of. Yeah, definitely, definitely got slapped hard, uh, and then. Now, in Q3, um, Tesla sold 75% of their BTC holdings, which is about almost a billion dollars. And the U.S. Treasury uh, sanctioned Tornado Cash Address. Um, which is a direct effect from the whole Ronin hack and the North yeah. Koreans there. 
Yeah. And then uh, the Genesis CEO stepped down. Uh, the ex-CEO of Alameda, Sam Tabasco, stepped down. Uh, Michael Saylor stepped down. Nomad Hack for another $190 million. And then uh, in the late end of Q3, we had the Ethereum merge, which was successful. There was obviously the uh, Wintermute hack of 160 mil. And, so many uh, fucking hacks. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 And then the CFTC charged uh, Ukidao with multiple violations. Uh, the Kraken CEO stepped down. Uh, that was just Q3. Now we're going to move on to Q4. Uh, BNY Mellon begins crypto custody. Big deal. Fidelity enables ETH trading for institutional clients. Um, CZ invests 500 million to buy Twitter with Elon. MakerDAO invests 500 million in US treasuries. And then Mango Market exploited for 114 million. And the co founder of Polkadot, Gavin Wood, stepped down. A lot of people stepping down this year, just, just left and right, just stepping down, stepping down. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Bring in new blood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. R rotate out the old guard. Uh, and then obviously November has been dominated by the SBF, FTX, Alameda collapse. That pretty much took headlines every single day. Um, also came in was like the Reddit NFT thing. That was quite a, a, a big deal. Um, and Polygon, BD, and literally everybody to throughout the whole year. So I, I didn't include that, but Polygon, BD, yeah, like from Starbucks. The real MVP. Yeah, like the real MVP. And now here we are in... That pretty much wraps up what a year in review looked like in three minutes. I think there's a couple more things. That Thanks you guys for that. Missed. Guys, guys, there's a couple more things that oh, we yeah. missed there. So, like, think about the whole, like, Sifu drama with, like, Wonderland time and all that. Like, oh. you know, we have mm -hmm. the we have the uh, COO of Quadriga who, like, ends up in right. charge of, like, a, a billion-dollar protocol. <laughs> Right, right, and right. Mim as well. Too. And it's still right. dropping stuff. And yeah, it's still yeah, releasing still stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I all the stuff with like Andre at the time, like his arc of going from oh, like, yeah, solidly, yeah, oh, from solidly. like solidly yeah, to like yeah. to like quitting crypto to like coming back and and joining the Phantom team again. Like that was a nice, uh, interesting redemption arc. Uh, I, there's a ongoing. lot of good stories here. Yeah, yeah it's of, ongoing. I, I, I don't think you can classify as a redemption arc just yet. Let's let's see where it redeems to first. Yeah, yeah. Did you mention tornado yeah, cash as well too? Yeah, no, he did mention it. Yeah, that that was pretty large as well too. I mean, I I think sig from a significant wise, like, um, that's going to have some pretty substantial impacts uh, going forward. Uh, mm -hmm. and then and then what else? I mean, like on there's just it really it was it was day to day. I mean the 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 first half of the year there was just so much so much stuff that happened on a like you know just yeah. open up chat and get in Telegram chat. There's a million things happening. I I mean it's, it's just wild. tough in crypto because you have like one year happen in one month, and so you're really recapping like twelve years of action, and <laughs> and it just happens in a year. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't even really cover anything that was happening in like NFT land as well, too, right? Because like all the B the Board Ape Yacht Club oh, yeah, stuff, true. like all the other projects that came out as well, too. Um, really incredible times, you know. This past, this I mean, past it's really level. a testament testament to how big crypto or Web three or whatever you call it is now. That like we can only cover this like small sliver, you know, to get a recap done in three minutes. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and, and it's like so many like in so many smaller like sub stories, right? Like even with some like you remember when Stargate, their entire launch was taken over mm-hmm. by by Alameda. Like Alameda, Alameda just came in with twenty five yeah. million. Like <laughs> yeah, they farmed and then they dumped. Yeah, exactly. As they usually do. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, there's a, there's one of my, one of my favorite, uh, documenters of like TradFi and just broader markets, uh, is this professor at, um, oh shoot, it's in Connecticut somewhere. Um, he's a chemistry professor, but his name is Dave Collum. And what he does is he, he takes like, uh, he essentially diaries every day. He like pulls all the news stories, big news stories from the day, throws it into a word doc. And then when December comes, he writes like a 200,000 word, like epic every year covering like every single thing. Um, and you know, I, I think like if he was doing the crypto one, it'd probably end up being about 400,000 words (laughs) for this year, just SPF alone, like everything that happened with them. Oh my God. Like it would actually be 6,900,000 words. I mean, Mazari um, dropped the thesis like yesterday, and it was like what a ninety, one hundred ninety-two pages or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. What I was told. Also on the Crazy. frac side, lots of. I mean, yeah, yeah. frac side, it's ups and downs for sure. Shipped. I mean, it just, at the, it just shipped. But like, you look at like the first half of the year, um, you had like all those different like exploits and hacks, like whether it was with Rari or with you know with Nomad and this and that. You also had yep, the four yep. pool that just you know blew up. Um, dodge the bullet you know, there, though. Dodge the bullet. I think it was like a lot of, you know, and also even before those bridge hacks, uh, Frax pulled a lot of liquidity from those bridges as well as like different lending AMOs. So like mm-hmm. the losses could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, like Rory hack ended up getting settled. Um, you know, they only got half their money back, but better than nothing. Came to an on-chain agreement with Fay holders. So that was like pretty cool to see on-chain governance in action. Um, but then, you know, on the bright side, like, even through like all those obstacles and through the fire, you know, what came out was an incredible amount of shipping, you know, Frax really grew beyond a stable coin is now a full fledged, like financial juggernaut and ecosystem, whether it's with, you know, you've guys seen that like, one meme of Frax pulling the Zodiac, <laughs> whether it's like Frax swap, Frax lend, Frax ETH, Frax ferry, FPI. Um, there's like five, six different things. Um, yes, everything you want. Yeah, everything you want now soon like frax btc fed master account this that like (laughs) tm tm to be the tbd um but yeah testament to the frax team of just you know staying focused uh and continuing to ship and knowing what their ultimate goal is because i feel like a lot of projects they're just kind of like building and trucking ahead or they're trying to like just stay alive but you know frax i couldn't have more confidence in them they have the runway they have the roadmap they have the team like you know, and also a lot of, a lot of drama in governance this year. Right. So like the whole contention of the temple unlock, you also had the, the frac shares unlocked where people thought that like maybe frac shares was going to go to zero. Right. When the, when the entire liquidity pool got unlocked, which it didn't, it was fine. Uh, and you know, I think, yeah, I, I think, I think the, the governance meta has been very healthy throughout this year and I hope it continues into next year. I think governance has been very healthy. Just, you know, dialogue and discussion has been vibrant, you know, has been, you know, pretty high quality. Um, you know, actually, of course, another interesting development in the Frax ecosystem is Convex, getting into Convex. 
mm-hmm. and getting uh, the meta pool, the Frax BP pool, huge. Like those are yeah. W's in the curve war, you know, integrating with curve on a protocol level as well having Convex's support, like massive, um, massive, massive, massive developments. So it really puts like Frax in definitely like the top tier of DeFi for sure. And now it's just like the goal, you know, and at the end of the day, like all the other stables just kind of went away or just, you know, completely just got lower in size. But like Frax is now top ten, five stablecoin. Now, like, and when everybody thinks of stablecoins, they think of Tether, USDC, BUSD, DAI, and Frax. And so it's just like a matter of keeping the momentum going and, you know, finding new ways to grow. 100%. 100%. And I think like we never talk about price on this pod, but given that it is the year end pod. Not financial advice. <laughs> not financial advice. <laughs> Definitely not financial advice. You know, but we just, I mean, I just feel like in the whole four pool craze was when Frax hit its high, right? Yeah. Was, was like, oh, was the like high was actually at the beginning of the year, but then it had like a double top around like, because all the Luna boys came to Frax and right, so like right. the, the Luna retail like wave because at the beginning oh, of the year, okay. yeah, I think, yeah, it just like ran up to 40 and then went down to 20 and then ran up to 40 again with like the whole four pool craze. And then after like, the lunar collapse, like it was just open season on, on all stable coins. And so everyone just like FUD, just abundant, like everyone in like people trying to attack stable coins, both on chain and off chain. Um, right. D- definitely a really fucking scary time. But I, <laughs> what were you saying? Right, right. No, no, I was just the reason I brought that up. was like, no matter where this price, like if you were to retract back to at the beginning of the year, where Frax hit like the $40 mark versus Frax today and the amount of product that Frax has released over the course of the year. It's just, it speaks to a testament of the team of like, just not giving a fuck about what the price does and just ship, like just fucking ship and build product and have vision. I think that's a big part too. I think Sam K, you know, obviously we always talk about the uh, Frax team, you know, SEAL team six or SEAL team eight over there. But it's really about the vision too, right? Like Sam K and the team like has a very clear vision that they're marching towards and they're just building all these Lego pieces and like these bricks so that they can pave the path forward, which mm-hmm. I, I think is, is very critical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I have a question for you guys. What can Frax do next year to better communicate its vision to the wider public and wider DeFi? I'm going to point at you guys. <laughs> it's on us guys <laughs> nice Wait. it's on us yeah, yeah it's literally us <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking De- yeah. define yourself hold on define what do you mean by wider like uh public like are you literally talking about retail retail or are you talking about just more DeFi people or are you talking about more DAO outreach or are you talking more about like where where, where is this public when I'm talking, how can, you know how, like, OM or, like, our projects, it's like you just mm. describe them in, like, one sentence. It's, like, what are, what they're trying to do. Or, like, take something complicated and put in, like, one or two sentences. Be, like, encapsulate what they're doing in, like, a short, short summary. Like, Ave, like, lending protocol. Uniswap, like, trade any asset, uh, digital asset. OM, just, oh, we're going to be, like, a new currency, 3-3, three, three, well, not 3-3 three, three anymore. But um, oh, like 
uh, you know, free, you know, unpegged, like new reserve currency, like, like Frax, I think, like I said uh, earlier, you know, Frax is more than a stable coin. Now it's a full financial system. Um, and it's just like, now how can we better communicate that in like one to two sentences? Like, how can we like, you know, what do you guys mm. think? So I don't, I think for people that are in DeFi and that are on chain, I don't think it's a hard sell. I think that you take a look at Frax and it either just makes, you just either like it or you don't like it, right? Where you understand what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the the hard thing that, that Frax hasn't been able to do, which other things like DAI have been, is get integrated at the exchange level. Um, so, you know, Frax doesn't like- Centralized exchanges? Yeah, centralized exchanges, right? Sure. Like you, you can't really buy Frax anywhere on centralized exchanges or you, it's not like tradable in the same way that, that DAI is, right? And there's a reason for this in that that the Frax DAO doesn't pay for market makers to go out and it doesn't lend market makers tokens to go out and, and trade it. Are you talking about Frax exchanges. or FXS? Frax, Frax. I mean, Frax shares is traded on like Binance and stuff, but like- The stable getting point. Yeah, getting Frax on a centralized okay. exchange is a little bit hard, right? Um, and that's fine. I think that's okay. I, I think like, you know, there's a, eventually enough people will come on chain where we have uh, a bigger market share. Uh, but right now it's just about like laying the roots and like really defining the kind of process of saying like, you know, if you're going to be in DeFi, you might as well use Frax, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And yeah, that's tricky centralized exchanges because they're really entrenched and I expect less centralized exchanges to be created and built after the whole FTX fiasco. So, you know, I guess, I mean, maybe there's a, I can see like, it makes more sense to Frax to expand to example, like Binance Smart Chain, and it's more likely for that to happen than it is for them to like Frax to be on Binance as a pair. Um, yeah. Although like at one point, uh, USD was like, like a denominated asset on Binance at like one point, like they were doing that. So it's like not impossible, but it's just very hard, but it takes yeah. some Lindy. It takes some growth. Like I think it's possible, but we'll see. Maybe that's something for later this year, maybe like 2024, 2025, who knows, but well, you guys want to get think, into predictions now? Yeah. Just to wrap, just to wrap up that point, oh, I mean, you, go, you, had a, you had a really nice thing that you said the other day, where um, on the, I think it was the last episode of the podcast that we published with Rogatachi, where you were telling him like, you know, the the value or like, Frax is backed by DeFi, right? Which which yeah, which also means that the value of Frax as a whole is tied to DeFi, right? And when DeFi when DeFi as a whole is kind of down in the gutter, so is Frax, right? But when DeFi is going to expand, if you assume that it's going to expand into this kind of like all-encompassing globally connected thing then yeah then we'll all the all tides will rise with that boat yeah you just gotta survive you just gotta show up you just gotta survive and tread water exactly tread water yeah. or tread ice because i not tread ice or just like just survive <laughs> ice in the bear market <laughs> yeah all right let's jump into some predictions yeah um yeah so 2022, the year of pain, 2023. If you guys like have to describe like 20, if you were to describe like 2023 in one word, or like if you were to describe like 2023 coming up 
in one word? Like, what do you think is like, what, how would you describe it? The word for me for 2023 is build. Like, that's kind of what I've been echoing in my head. And that's what I want to embody this next year. It's just, let's build. Like, let's you know, build. We had a great time in 2021. You know, we had a great time. Um, some parts of 2022. But then now it's like time to hunker down and just, just build that next thing. Yeah, building a bear. Build in a bear. bear. It's a build market right now. I got a, yeah. I got a meme yeah. to send you. Yeah, I'll send it to you after the show. You know, yeah. we, maybe we could have it as the cover of this prediction. <laughs> we'll have it as the cover. It's literally of like, it's it's basically a bear, and there's like people building in it, like construction workers, <laughs> and they're building in a bear. Yeah, we'll use that for the cover art. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. What uh, about you, Sam? How about you guys? Twenty thirty one word. Uh, Shanghai. Shanghai. So Shanghai, uh, yeah, see you word. in Shanghai. Yeah, exactly. So 2023 is going to be the year that the ETH uh, staking unlocks finally. And there's going to be free choice in the market about where people should move their ETH for staking. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think the general consensus on this podcast here is that Frax has to like design <laughs> the most optimal way of providing both liquidity and high yield for staking providers. And so I think when Shanghai unlocks, and this is actually my first prediction, right? So if we're going to hop into them, uh, my my first prediction well, is Let me that, say my word, then we can hop in. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Or just yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So my first prediction for 2023 is that Frax ETH is going to break a million by the end of 2023, a million deposited ETH. And that may be on the low number, actually, because you think about like Lido has 4.5 million ETH staked uh, in their staking contract. When all that gets opened up, uh, it's going to flow towards where the yields are highest, right? And if we're offering double digit yields while Lido is only offering 4.5 or 5% or something like that, it's naturally just going to come to frack. So, you know, Lido may lose a million, two million, three million uh, ETH once the staking contract's up, and I think a good majority of that's going to come over to Fraxies. That's a good prediction. Even if like Shanghai doesn't happen this year, but let's say if it gets delayed, and you know at this rate, I think Fraxies is on its way to a million staked ETH. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Like all you know, ETH is just going to go to the highest yield, and if Frax has the highest yield, and it has built the best system, then that's the logical conclusion. Yeah. Okay. I'm. My concern here is that, like, how much in bribes are we going to have to pay to kind of keep on providing that ten percent double digit yield? It doesn't First even question. have to be question. that. Like, even if, I think even a two percent CRV rewards. I think even like a two percent difference in yields would be enough to drive it, right? So if you have if you have free and open markets where you can move your ETH without too much uh, slippage. Uh, into these different staking products, and even if even if Frax is getting like seven percent, when uh, the other guys are getting like four or five, right? I think that's enough to really to sure. to, to take a huge amount of market share, right? I I I agree. I agree. I'm just saying, like, for to finance or not finance to to incentivize a thousand ETH and to give them like even seven percent return, I think that's quite high. 
trust me, I, I want this to happen, right? I, yeah. I think at least know, it's if, organic yield. Yeah, least, like you know, I definitely want this to happen because if that happens, Frax is going to get repriced and re-rated into a very different tier, right? It's no well, longer. Well, let me ask you a, this question. Let me ask you this question. If let's say we add a million ETH, what do you think the staking versus uh, liquidity provision ratio is going to be? Like how much how much will be in the LP as a percentage of the contract and how much will be in the uh, staking contract just off the top of your head? I mean, 60-40, like kind of what we see right now. Yeah. Um, because we need to incentivize the pool more than the native SFRAX ETH, right? Because you need the liquidity. Like, well, but if Shanghai happens, then like people can just take the ARB like once in one. Oh, that's, that's fair too, right? It's yeah. just like incentivizing the yield is something for before Shanghai, like a priority before Shanghai. Yeah, After, that's Shanghai, true. Like before Shanghai. That's true. But, yeah. but question though, like, so if you could just redeem your, you know, Frax ETH into ETH and easy peasy, then there does not need to exist this curve pool. And if this curve pool doesn't exist, then how is Frax going to add that extra yield on top, you know, to, um, well, the design isn't changing, right? The Fraxy. Oh, what do you mean the design isn't changing? Well, I mean, Fraxy will still be like a non-interest bearing stable coin, right? And it's the one yeah, that will be not, used for mm -hmm. LP. I, I guess the assumption is, is that like other DeFi protocols are going to be using Fraxy at that point and that, you know, uh, there'll be the staking vault. But then there'll also be other places where you can just deposit Fraxeth and not stake Fraxeth, right? Maybe in Fraxland. Fraxland, yeah. Wait, Fraxland has S Fraxeth already. So I think this is an interesting bit. I, I, I like these type of predictions. Let, let's keep it like Frax focused because we all know the Frax product so well. <laughs> And then, um, wait, let I, me, I was gonna go let me do my one word before we get into it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, let's yeah do it. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So my word for 2023 is crab. <laughs> crab. The crab. crab. We crab. crabbing. The crab. We're crabbing. We're going to crab all 2023. Um, macro environment, high interest rates, uh, money, just, you know, just more scars are around. Um, I think, you know, DeFi TVL keeps stagnating. Market cap keeps just stagnating. Um, I think DeFi growth centers around like more advanced instruments such as, you know, derivatives and hedging risk. So I think there's a little bit of like growing ups that DeFi is doing um, in these environments. Um, and I think in this environment of stagnation, you have quiet whales, institutions, they are here. They are quietly lurking, learning and accumulating. Um, but cr the crab, the main thing is the crab because of the macro environment. Um, and um yeah, that's, that's my word. Okay. And that actually goes, that is literally my first prediction too, is that's my, that's my first prediction is like, just crab, like, you know, it's going to be boring. Um, all the tourists are going to leave and, uh, it kind of complements yours because, because of crab, the builders are here and they, they're going to be like the primary drivers of this year. It's gonna be a boring year, but you know, productive year. It's like, you know, it's just that part of the cycle. So. I, for for my prediction, I think once we figure out this roll up thing, whether it be you know the 
the um, ZK stuff or, or anything like that, we will have a lot of like roll up as a service, you know, almost like AKA app chains on Ethereum equivalent. Mm -hmm. If you're kind of like a DeFi protocol that's currently hanging out on Ethereum, like you could just whoop, jump up to this other layer and just offer almost gasless or extremely, extremely cheap um, usage of your protocol. And I, I think it's going to um, really change the way the game is played. That's why I'm kind of like, I, I, I am bullish on like bridges that can piece all of these app chains together. Um, that's why, uh, shoot, who were we talking to just a few days ago that had like a swap that's basically the um, osmosis equivalent is that us? Oh, okay, I could have sworn we were talking about that. Did um, we talk about that at the meetup? I don't remember. Shoot, I don't but remember. anyways, I, I, I that's that's gonna, that's my prediction. Is there's going to be a lot of roll up as a service, and there's going to be a ton of app chains on Ethereum. Mm. Is this your number? That makes set? sense, and especially if yeah. they're like, especially if they're like L threes almost, where they're like forked off of Arbitrum, right? Where you can move money yeah, around yeah, Arbitrum. Yeah. For yeah, all, you know, pennies, and then you could go to an app chain where it's pretty much free, right? Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. I agree with the growing modular blockchain thesis, and you know, and app chains becoming a thing. Just to, I don't know how big of a thing they'll be in twenty twenty three, but they will become a thing. Um, people just want to own their real estate; they want to own the land they they you know that they populate. So app chains are <laughs> logical conclusion. Yeah. I think it's going to be like, they might not call it app chain. There might be a different, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a different rebrand on it because app chain just doesn't sound nice, right? Initially, DeFi mm -hmm. was open finance, but no one like that. <laughs> so yeah. like, I think there's going to be a rebrand of whatever that that is, but mm -hmm. that's going to be the way you launch a protocol. No longer you launch a smart contract, you deploy like a full on roll up mm -hmm. as like your, your thing mm -hmm. as you drop. People just ape in that way. Um, it's it's going to be my take. That'd be good for GameFi. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's your number two prediction. Okay. Uh, do you guys want to do this as like everybody just goes around and says their like yeah. predictions? Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Sure, sure. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so Sam, what's your, did you, your next prediction? Uh, so I, I this actually kind of goes off something that you were writing today. Uh, I think that in 2023, we're going to get um, comprehensive and clear stablecoin regulation that allows the... Took mine. <laughs> ah, yeah. okay. Took it. Yeah, see, we're both singing the same thing. Comprehensive and clear stablecoin regulation uh, that allows stablecoins to blossom and grow into a multi-trillion dollar industry. And what that would mean oh. is that I think that at the end of 23, the market cap of Frax is probably going to be bigger than $10 billion because of that. Ooh. 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 Okay. 10 billion <laughs> Frax in circulation. You heard it here Ten, first, folks. 10 billion Frax. Oh, my fracks. goodness. Assuming we have, assuming yeah. we have no, good I agree. Like going regulation. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's actually quite similar to my next prediction, which is major cryptocurrency legislation gets passed either in the area of fiat stablecoins or centralized exchanges or both. I think it's the fiat stablecoins that, that get regulated for anything that touches the real world 
that is it's what's going to get regulated. And I think finally Congress is at the point where there's enough lobbying going around, like positive lobbying with like Blockchain Association and Coin Center. There's enough like awareness by Congress members. There's even new members of Congress voted in that are much more, you know, fluent in Web3 and cryptocurrency. Um, I, I, I agree. I think like some, whether it's stable coins or even maybe centralized exchanges, like something gets passed. Yeah. Well, it has to at mm-hmm. this point. Like, <laughs> there's, yeah. uh, there, there's a lot of blood and this in the This is the only right way now. for crypto to grow. This is the only way for like crypto. I mean, I, I write it in the article, like for crypto to like reach trillions in TVL, like there's all this money on the sideline because there isn't clear guidelines and regulation. And mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It's just like rules of the game. It's just like, okay, like I know how to play. I know like what to do, what not to do, like what's allowed, what not, what isn't allowed. So, mm-hmm. but you guys want to hear like my spicy prediction uh, because of this yeah. Leg- yeah. So my spicy, like my spicy prediction, like once like this fiat stablecoin legislation gets passed, or even if it doesn't, I think one major institution or bank will announce plans to release their own stablecoin. Yeah. Makes sense. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. JPM coin. Yeah. For just sure. have uh, all these protocols. Yeah. Like JPM, like, no, but like, not just like. J- I, GPM coin isn't like on Ethereum. I can't trade it on Curve. I think it's going to be like yeah. you can trade like JPM coin like on Curve and stuff. Like I think like that's going to happen. Oh. I guess protocols are releasing their own stablecoin. Like I think like banks are going to get in on the action of just like wait, wait a second. Like why do it just makes sense for for us to increase our market share like in this new world? Like we can release like Wells Fargo coin or some shit or actually, <laughs> or, or actually UBS that- coin. Dave, you touched, so your prediction actually kind of parries into my prediction too. It's like, I also feel like 2023 could be the year of um, custodial wallets that let you interact with DeFi as like a new layer to come onto, well, Mm -hmm. crypto is, you know, they abstract away all of the private key stuff. You literally, it would be like logging into your Wells Fargo. And then you, and you just click like a tab and it just takes you to like a reskinned of like say Ave or a reskinned of Curve or something like that. And I, I think that's going to be like, and these guys are going to start owning these these gateways onto crypto and onboarding all the the, the normies and retails. Like imagine in your bank account right next to that, there's a tab that says, you know, um, it's probably rebranded differently. They they won't say DeFi, but it'll it'll, it'll say something, and you would just tap earn three percent interest. <laughs> yeah, is that something? There'll be something there, and then and they're obviously going to capture a fee, right? Like they're always oh, going to yeah. take their spread on it. It's like how MetaMask does it, right? You know how convenient it is to swap in MetaMask. I mm-hmm. think it's it's going to have that kind of um, uh, that that kind of feature in your bank. Yeah, I think I don't have this as one of my predictions, but just it's the two ways it's going to go is like while the wallets improving and UI and experience and becoming the gateway for like everyday consumers and retail. And then you're going to have the API route where like, if I'm like an institution and I want to interact with a protocol, I think they're just going to interact with the API and then hook it up with whatever regulated front ends they have in this and that. Um, I think, you know, you kind of see that with liquidity. Um, They have like, you know, APIs and all these like different front ends. And so I see like APIs becoming a thing for both institutions and as well as the case for decentralization, especially in the face of tornado cash. 
That, yeah, if I don't have that rain, that's one of my predictions. <laughs> no, no. Um, I I want to change it up a little bit and uh, ask you guys, what are your thoughts on like the non-DeFi elements of crypto, such as um, the creator economy, uh, Web3 commerce, uh, decentralized social? Um, yeah, I, w- I have that as one of my predictions as well. Um, okay. I, okay. I think, yeah, I think like social tokens and nfts will continue to grow a lot in use i think reddit nfts are you know a perfect example of that being executed very well um you have things like friends with benefits that's been around since 2020 and i think a lot of different creators are now that like so many more people have been onboarded into crypto because of nfts and whatnot you know now like creators can leverage that to their advantage and be like oh like you know i have this token and like know how to rally the community that way and I think you're seeing like a growing like demographic of young people that are literally just crypt. I call them crypto citizens where they just like, you know, they've done like some stuff on chain here and mm-hmm. there. Maybe they like aimed into a farm or they like minted an NFT, but they're not strangers to the chain. And like, they kind of like, you know, they're, they are up with like the culture of CT and up with the culture just surrounding web three and in general. Um, and I think like, these people, it's big enough of a demographic where like social tokens can both take hold in that community as well as like maybe people that aren't into like crypto Twitter as much. And so, you know, but they have experience with MetaMask and whatnot. So I, I see it growing. I don't, I see, yeah, I see it I like being really leveraged because it doesn't even have to be like a speculative thing. It's just like a way to like incentivize and rally a community. Dude, a hundred percent. I think creator tokens, it, it, it won't be called this. Like everything we're calling it now is going to need a complete rebrand. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's going to come out like way hotter. It's like, yeah. And it doesn't have to, they will abstract away everything crypto about it, though. You you won't even recognize that it is, quote, unquote, a token. You know, it, it will be something just points relative. or something. Yeah, it just yeah. Be points or stars or whatever it is that is relative to that creator. Right. Like whatever that creator chooses as like that thing. And it will do that. And I think that all that stuff is going to happen on Polygon. Polygon. Just because oh, yeah. of the brand recognition or just because mm-hmm. of the brand association that they already have, right? Like, because now Polygon becomes almost like the de facto choice. If you're thinking of doing anything crypto related, like, oh, you should do a Polygon. It's good enough for Disney. It's good enough for Facebook. It's good, good enough, enough for Trump. It's good, it's good <laughs> enough for Trump. Tr- Trump is actually a great uh, example of that, right? Like, like I mean, he, he did it the old school style with an NFT. But like these creator tokens, um, I, I think is going to come in, be really hot. It's like only fans on chain, you know. <laughs> yeah, th- that's 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 my prediction. Also, it's like the creator economy, especially after everybody knows how to get onboarded. Like, imagine going to say like uh, Gary V's website, and you could literally just create an account. And boom, a custodial wallet is, is spun up for you and you don't even know. And then you now are able to, you know, participate in Gary V's ecosystem. The more pods you listen to, the more tokens you earn. And like, you know, there's a reputational system built in and boom, 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 yeah. boom. I literally just read that on Coindesk today. They have desk tokens and I could claim five desk tokens for reading an article. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sam. You have any thoughts yeah. on that? We can move on to your next prediction. Yeah. 
I, you know, I'm not as sold in creator economies as, as you guys. Um, I think they are done well when they're like wall gardens, right? You look at like NBA okay. Top Shot or like So Rare or something uh, where like companies can have full control of the things that they have. Um, but like kind of the free and open, let's just make some NFTs and put them on ETH thing. I don't think the corporate, uh, the corporate people have figured it out yet, like how to do it well. And it's probably going to take some more time for them to figure out. They're probably, they're probably like looking to do it, um, but they probably just want to figure out how they can control it at like the IP level or um, some sort of like licensing level. I, I don't even know. Like they want to control I the mean, environment, right? At the end but of the day. It's, 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 it's not going to be corporate. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not going to be corporate. That's the thing. It's not going to be corporate and it hasn't been corporate. Like look at Friends with Benefits. That isn't corporate. You just like buy five tokens or 75 tokens and boom, you're into Discord and you can go to events. Like yeah, but these are like, but these are like small, these are like the small, like, right. I understand. But when you, th when you think about like multi-billion dollar publicly traded companies entering into the NFT market, um, that's, that's when there's the shift. Right. And so, um, I think you've seen it tested out a little bit with like, like I said, with like top shot or with uh so rare, um, just in how they've done licensing deals. But those places are like very heavily walled gardens. And so if you think about like more games, like I think about like Blizzard coming and setting up like a, a, a game network, like let's say they set up an app chain for like one of their games, right? Like they would want full control over it. They probably don't want their NFTs going out to like uh, ETH-based OpenSea. Uh, and, you know, they want you know it to run on whatever network allows them to be like, mostly decentralized and allow mm -hmm. for the systems that they're having um, and still extract as much revenue in the way that they want to from it for their shareholders. No, I, I mean, I, I get all that on the corporation bit. I just feel like this is going to be the individual creator led. It, it's not going to have like, a, you know, a large, maybe like UTA or CAA, like these talent managing agencies will just roll these out as like, a package for every single new talent that they sign. Mm -hmm. But I, I really think it's like literally from a grassroots level of how this thing is going to take on. You know, Irene Dow was a good example of this. Trump NFT is an example of this, where it's just an individual creator wanting to do more with their community. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I agree with yeah, this at like the individual on. level. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Uh, so we can go on. Okay. Sam, what's um, your, um, moving on. Yeah. What's the, your prediction? Next one. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know where it's going to come from or what it's going to look like, but I think there has to be a new competitor that is going to come into the curve convex, whatever wars, right? Like the, the downfall of Terra, um, was bad for Frax because that they were the largest other player who was mm. actively bribing and incentivizing on Curve, right? And so that provided a lot of value. And that's one mm -hmm. of the reasons that, that Frax, Frax shares was able to get up to 40 at the time. Um, and so like for the long-term health of Frax, like Frax, Frax can't be the only, Frax cannot be a monopoly across Curve Convex and uh, Curve and Convex uh, over the long term, right? It just it just won't work. You need to have a lot of competition there, uh, and you know, Dai's Dai's not going to do it. They're not engaged in Curve, even though they're a large part of like three pool and many other pools on Curve. Uh, 
Um, so there needs to be a new entrant who we don't know about, or is just small at this point, uh, who's, who comes in. And, oh, I know uh, who it is. Oh, you do? I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah. It's CRV USD and uh, Conic. <laughs> I hope. CRV, I hope. You're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, uh. I think, like, you're right. It can't be a monopoly on curve. You know, Frax can't be the only one bribing. Um, you know, and, like, you know, there are, to like, protocols that have, like, accumulated nice curve, like, convex stashes, like, reserve and, you know, Badger accumulated one and, and whatnot. But I think CRV USD may be, like, the, the thing that, like, really kicks, you know, it's actually, like, going to be end up being, like, the best thing for Frax and the best thing for, like, the whole curve ecosystem. Because mm -hmm. it just, it helps power the curve flywheel more. <laughs> like, it, I mean, we had the interview with uh, Curve Market Cap the other day. Like yeah. the way that their lending works, it's like the, the, the lending pairs are AMMs in themselves. It's pretty cool. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering like how those like lending, are, are those lending pairs mm -hmm. going to be connected to like, you know, like the base pool or you know maybe like a crv pool or like i have no idea how it's going to work but like i think like crv usd as an entering player you know as a stable coin like it only makes sense for them to like enter and and use their own ecosystem to the fullest and then with conic it's just like omni-chain pools and so they're just like put in like stables in the most efficient manner yeah, I, don't know, I think there's think? a bunch of I think there's a bunch of challengers out there. I mean, it could be like Yearn coming back, and and you know retaking the mantle, right? Because they were the big they were the big boys before Convex came along, right? Or it could be CV, CRV USD. I mean, there's a, I think there's a bunch of different options of who could come in and like restart uh, the competition like deeply at at Curve, but. I think it's really necessary long term for the health of DeFi because well, Curve yeah, is like I guess like at that point it's like who yeah. you think it's going to be these same players or you think it's going to be like a brand new entrant? Well, I don't know. I feel like if you have a whitelist, you're like you're in like the best position to be a player. Well, no, not particularly, right? Because you could bribe your way to success. Like, yeah, you, know, you don't need to. Get the whitelist permission. JP Morgan's gonna bribe their way into the curve wars. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe it is. Maybe it one, is CRV USD. But the, I, I, I think one of my predict. I, I feel like we're at like peak bearishness right now for for the curve ecosystem. You know, like everybody's saying, the, like V tokenomics are just a bad deal. Like infinite emissions are just a bad deal. Like nobody wants to really be bullish on curve at the moment. I think. I think it's just wrong. I think that. If there is a new competitor yeah. who can come in and really spark a lot of growth and a lot of volume and or just usage on Curve itself, could it be just CRV USD? That would be enough to flip the narrative on Curve right now and switch it back into yeah. hyper bullishness. And you know, Curve goes back up to yeah, and if all -time CRV highs, USD, 10 bucks, fifteen bucks, yeah. And if CRV USD can just like get fees and like, you know, accumulate fees from their stablecoin activities, whether it's like creating vaults or like liquidation fees or like, and whatnot, like that could be enough to outpace emissions. And then, you know, bull, super bullish curve, curve market cap dream of curve supremacy. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. Do you guys think curve will ever go into NFTs? No. No. Flat out no. 
Um, not right now. I mean, that's not their MO. No, I, I don't I, see it. I agree. I agree. But I I feel like I'm just thinking of Uniswap's move into into NFT. Yeah, that's Uniswap's right? tariff. That Uniswap is trying to be more retail. Yeah. So yeah. like Curve is okay. more of like your advanced DeFi stuff. Okay, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Because like, you know, we all know this. We all check, you know, Dune and we see that Uniswap runs 70% of all swaps like on DEXs. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just curious. Why is that? Because of like just Curve router not being, you know, uh, uh, routed by these aggregators or, or, or what's up? I think people are just doing smaller trades and the smaller trades are just more efficient on uni v3. Um, but if you're like a whale, it's more efficient to do trades on curve. Mm-hmm. I think they just have different audiences at the moment. Um, and also yeah, I think as, you know, as more, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just like, I, I think that the curve redemption arc story is, is the, uh, like the sleeping giant that we're not talking about. Right. Like curve USD could change yeah, the curve whole redemption arc. I like it. Yes. Yes. I'm going to bank big on that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All I, right. I'm going to go two predictions. One is like not so spicy. The other is really spicy. Um, I'll start with not so spicy. Um, airdrop mania ends. I fucking hate airdrops. And I think like <laughs> that matters over. There'll be new ways to rally the community that are developed. And Arbitrum will not release a token this year. Um, that's all in the same prediction. Because um, everyone's like, Arbitrum oh. airdrop, Arbitrum airdrop. But like, I think because it's a crab market, like, there's no point for them to do it. I think they'll wait till like the next, well, like when the next, they know they, they have the fire powder. So like when like, they'll know when to like light it. Um, and then my, if no one has any comments on that, um, my next prediction, I think this is a fun one. The new wave upon zoos. It's going to happen with DeSci and AI. A new vocabulary will be developed, like similar to DeFi Summer, to take hold of DGENs and the masses surrounding funding DeSci and like doing AI shit. I think that's <laughs> going to happen because wow. the Ponzu's will always get rewrapped into something like shinier. You know, we saw it, whatever, like. Begin like 2013, it was just like, oh, like this is like a new like blockchain, like new type of, you know, new consensus, blah, blah, blah. And then 2017, it was ICOs. And then next it was like DeFi, like pool two shit. Next, I think like the most, I could be completely wrong, but I think like DeSci is a solid candidate for that. Maybe even like social token launches as well, but the Ponzi's will be start to be rewrapped. That's my main thing. And I think DeSci is like a good, will be like a good narrative of like, oh, like, Funding like research, like this is, you know, people, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, people like do penny biotech stocks all the time. Like that was like. So, a- so, so, okay. So you're saying like I can ape into um, anti-aging immortality research. And if I were to be the first to ape in this thing, I would earn an AP. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to think through all the ponzinomics. To, to kind well, of it's not this, necessarily uh, like, a, you know, it's not necessarily like APY. I mean, like. Maybe you combine the two. Maybe it's like you combine like ICO and APY. Maybe there's like a like a science yield farm or something. Oh, stuff. I like, see. Like, so you're saying like, like yeah. crowd ownership of like the crowd patent ownership. or IP that yeah. comes out of whatever yeah. this research is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think D side is going to provide like the wrapper for the new shiny shit that's going to get wrapped and it won't like take, I don't know if it will like take off in 2023, but like, I think it's going to like begin to like take like the first ones will like take hold in 2023. Kit, this may be a little bit more up your alley. Um, but what do you think about like game zoo where it's game five game zoo, game zoo, Games, who? So we, we've yet to have, yeah, have we've yet to have I, like, I a AAA, yeah. like a triple A, like a triple A game with NFTs and connected mm-hmm. to ETH or like built on some app chain or something like that. On Solana, you were right. looking at uh, what was the um, what was the space game that they were making over there. That one, Sky, sorry, they had a bunch of money on FTX. Unfortunately, like the runway is probably cut short. They might have to do another race. Half of it was gone. Yeah, yeah, half is gone. It sucks. But they had built some awesome stuff, right? And eventually, we're gonna have to have AAA Mm -hmm. games on. So maybe 2023 is the year where like the first big AAA game comes, and we get some really deep and big on-chain activity from it. so, so games take you know a little bit longer Years. just to build in just yes. one year and yeah. if, if you were to look at like what got fundraised um for the past couple of years uh, i mean, got fundraised just last year all of them were like seed rounds or like series a round yeah. so like very very early in their life cycle still um and th- there are a lot of them launching a mobile a mobile game takes much less time like a, a year or or you know so you probably pump out like a pretty good uh title but the thing for me about games is that it's fun is an iterative process they have to keep on optimizing and Mm -hmm. it is a very very uh a b test driven type of of experience for the users Mm -hmm. and monetization is going to be extremely tough so for me i don't think gaming is going to come like all the private betas and all of the those type of releases will come like next year, but I don't think it's going to hit until maybe 2024 is where like, you know, real titles start picking up traction because yeah. remember the games that crushes it, for example, was like Among Us, right? Back in 2020 during COVID where everybody was locked up, that game Among Us just took off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think there needs to have like a title that is like, unless something like that happens, which is very kind of easy game to ship. Like if something like that happens, then Yes, you know we will see the acceleration of of Game Five Summer or, or Game Zoo. Game <laughs> as, Zoo, as Sam, Game Sam Zoo. coined it. Game, Game Zoo. Zoo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, yeah, that's that's, that's my take on it. I, I don't think it's going to be the next cycle, um, but I do think uh, it's Web three commerce. Um, yeah, like like just Web three commerce. Like how I feel. Um, I'll give you an example of like y- using web three rather using crypto rails for payment or for uh, asset management or for any of those things like that i think it's going to come uh, in 2023 like a lot of these e-commerce websites are going to start using like you know whether it be crypto payments whether it be just you know having a ledger just to track like ownership of certain things like it's i think that's going to come um like creating quests for a user to go through um to, to get to know the brand better having like uh meta games like across like you know uh, 
your whole s suite of brands. For example, you're like, hey, go buy, you know, some Dove skin wash. Also go buy some Dove face wash and like do all of these things and you're going to earn like some badges and you're like, you know, a Dove ambassador, like et cetera, et cetera. I think that is going to come and, and that's going to And that kind of plays into, into like identity because like commerce and identity that go hand in hand, like who's buying the stuff? Mm -hmm. like yeah, how do you so, keep track of it? Yeah, dude. So that's exactly right. So I've always had this thesis of like, like NFTs are actually a way to tokenize a relationship you have with a brand. For example, I subscribed to Amazon Prime for the last ten years, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say I earned this badge of like, hey, NFT, uh, NFT for Amazon subscriber for ten years. Now other brands would recognize that. Wow, this person is a loyal subscriber. If I'm like Netflix or Hulu or any of these subscription services, I would try to promote and give me a promotion of like, hey, we'll give you three months free of Netflix if you were to you know come over because we know that you are you have this behavior, right? And now let's say I left you know and went to another country that does not have Amazon Prime, then I'm like, well, you know, there's no need for me to keep on paying for Prime, but. I have earned this badge and this badge comes with a ton of promotional offers from so many other, you know, uh, companies. So this, this badge is worth something to someone who wants it. So then I'm able to sell my relationship that I had with Amazon over the last 10 years in this NFT badge to someone else, because now this other person may want that three months free of Hulu or that, you know, six months free of this gym membership or whatever like airline points is, or whatever it is. But yeah, it's, 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 it's like airline points, except in a more package way where it allows me to do segmentation as a, a marketer to be like, hey, I want to target people who have really high LTVs, which is lifetime value. And I want to target them that has, you know, subscription over at least 12 months of, of uh, retention. So that because I know that's what I it costs me to break even on my customer acquisition costs. Like, I think it Web3 tracking the ability to track all this is going to completely change commerce and then that's what i meant by web3 commerce i like that prediction because at first it'd be me like go like ew cringe like commerce that's never gonna happen but then i stopped myself i was like wait a second like that kind of reaction a bunch of people's gonna have a bunch of people will have and that would be like an unexpected thing like that could be like one of the unexpected things that come out of 2023 so we know we like these contrarian predictions we like it like i like I have my doubts like for 2023, but like makes sense, like especially from the identity standpoint, the things that would need to be figured out though are like privacy concerns and like mm -hmm. making sure like people's yeah. information are safe. And that leads me to like, do like ZK stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, but Sam, what do you think of Web3 Commerce? Uh, yeah, it's coming. People just, I, I just don't think anybody's figured it out yet. Like we need to have this like pseudo hot wallet yeah infrastructure where like you can move money between like cold and hot wallets you know maybe it's just like maybe it's i don't maybe it comes in the form of like a centralized exchange like coinbase getting the ability to yeah. have a credit card connected to your account or something i i don't really know i the, the payment structure there yeah. is a little bit different and like some um, account yeah yeah there's some like yeah. login with coinbase you know how they log in with google or something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you know, like everything, like everything with payments off, like is moving towards, yeah. yeah, everything with payments is moving towards like QR codes, right? So uh, maybe we get towards like a generalized QR code that you just scan and then you can choose on your phone, like if you want to pay with crypto or you want to pay with your bank account. I, I don't know. I mean, um, 
it's it's a it's a big it's a big oh big really okay trying to solve. <laughs> whoa whoa i agree oh, the, uh, the wi-fi so no, 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 i, I think yeah, be, actually, that's I, another it could prediction be of mine is like wi-fi like decentralized wi-fi um really i think it's also really like dy dy i have a buddy who runs like i know nothing about the space but he's like one of the um largest distributor in north america for uh helium miners so i am i have my doubts about helium um i just like read like i mean i mean all these things could theoretically become a thing and it's not a thing until it's a thing but like i don't like the the model can't be so ponzinomical it seemed like helium was like pretty Ponzi. Not I'm just like I get my doubts on stuff when like I when I first hear of something from someone that like isn't in the space or like if I hear something that like kind of feels like packaged and stuff. I, I just like my like defenses come up. I'm just like, mm. how'd you like hear if unless you're like an expert unless like mm-hmm. you're like an expert in that field. Like for example, if like all my like smart dev friends are excited about zk, then like I'm gonna get excited about zk. Or like this actually happened to me this year. Um, so my friend told me about Be Real in like February of this year, and she's just like you know a twenty-something-year-old girl like who was in the scene in LA, like super social. And she told mm. me about it. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Like, and I downloaded. It. I probably did it for a few days, and I didn't use it for six months. And then six months later, it became the number one app in the App Store, and all my friends are posting their Be Reels. But like, I'm not surprised that like my friend who was like super social and then like in these like scenes, like was one of the first on this app. So whether it's like a social app or like, you know, zero knowledge proof technology, you know, be careful, you know, be aware of like who's telling you this information first, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, me, man. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like, that's your version of like checking the chain for me, right? Like Mm -hmm. you just check your uh, network of experts, your brain trust. And to see, you know, what, what things are exciting to them a hundred percent. Like, I, exactly. I think that's, that's a very common model. Um, yeah. And then continuing with like ZK, I'm going to go into one of my predictions. Um, yeah. I think ZK continues like, you know, continues development, continues like to get hype, but I don't think like there's no major hockey stick growth moments for ZK until 2024. I think we're still in building mode. Do you think the tech is not ready or you think the applications are not ready or what's, what's your take? A little bit of both. Like I don't, you know, I mean, people are like building and stuff and there's like a lot of hype around it, but these things always get delayed. Um, and I think it'd be more fitting like for the timing to be in 2024 when like you probably see like interest rates, like get the macro environment improves and you know, Bitcoin have, have, have Bitcoin halving happens. We'll see how much of an effect that actually has now because like crypto is so much bigger than that but i still think it's like a little bit of a factor but these cycles have been in four years and so like i think we're going to continue on that like four-year trajectory and 2024 like i think that's when you know the fun starts again but that goes into my number one prediction of like crap continues and like one of the things that could get us out of the crap are like zks and i think that's just you know not just revolutionary for like blockchain tech but just like a lot of different things as well like privacy um you know, computation, all that, but still, you know, I'm still bullish ZK, but I'm not sure if anything happens in 2023. Interesting. Okay. I haven't been really caught up with the ZK stuff. Um, yeah, a little bit. And like, I don't know how I feel about ZK EV. I'm still like, I mean, like I think ZK, I mean, 
that's just it takes like a while to like put all like match like the virtual machines to the circuits and this and that um but like i feel like it's just better off using a native vm um which yeah. leads to my next prediction i'll do one more um mm -hmm. and then pass it back to you i think vms other than evm will continue to grow cairo vm solana vm fuel vm will continue will continue to like attract developers but it's still up for debate who takes number two number two so you think evm is going to stay the top evm no. will still yeah i think evm will still stay the top mm. but i think how it like evm is far from perfect um and i yeah, think like true there'll yeah. be a, a and, I'll, and like there's still so much market share to be had not just in like DeFi, but in like all web three types of applications mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. maybe different like virtual machines better for that um you know so and like you know so i think you know Solana made already made it through one bear market <laughs> like like they already made it through one rough like rough. rough but i think you know i think those guys are like built different and now they have like a community of devs and believers and the builders are still there so like i'm still i'm i am like bullish solana long term um and i think cairo um just with like the whole hype around starknet is like undeniable especially like recently with visa yeah. announcing them like in introducing account abstraction using cairo using starknet like i'm like oh like so i think those two are the contenders fuel vm sounds interesting i just don't know too much about it i just know it's like another vm player and i wanted to listen mm -hmm. there because i've seen like some talk about it i just have to look into it more but the whole premise is like it's not going to be an evm monopoly that's what i'm through. and that'll be more apparent in 2023 i mean isn't that kind of the same as saying you believe in all L1s will have a place because that's, you know, um, uh, or, or are you saying all these VMs will be built on top of ETH some way, somehow? I think they'll be connected to ETH some way, somehow. And that gets into another prediction of mine, <laughs> but, but and maybe not fire. necessarily like, yeah, I mean, not, I mean, whether, well, you know, maybe not, I think a lot of them will like surround it around, around ETH. Um, it depends like how fast certain things get released. Like, it's very, you know, it's fun. Like we haven't even mentioned Cosmos yet <laughs> or Cosmos at all in this mm -hmm. uh, episode, I know. but I think, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I, well, we will see what happens, but I, you know, I think like ETH dominance is like undeniable right at the moment, but like, mm -hmm. there's still like room for like others to grow. Like in terms of like, I mean, I'm VM, I'm thinking VMs as differently than like chains themselves. Um, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we'll see what, you know, what happens with Solana, mm -hmm. what happens with like Cosmos, like those are probably the two mm -hmm. best and we'll see what happens with Polygon and BNB, yeah. like it will yeah. be a multi-chain world, but it's just like a matter of like, will they change their like virtual machine, this and I don't know. There's like a lot of questions, but that's kind of like outside my like VM prediction. I see. I see. Um, all right. So last prediction for me is I think something is going to crack in nft Fi. um like something is going to unlock because there's there's still quite a lot of value in you know the nft markets like writ large and like you know something there is going to unlock and it could be astaria you know astaria's model mm -hmm. yeah you know like some there's going to be a unlock in nfts 
And um, for for a long time, I thought it was going to be like the the pseudo uh, pseudo AMMs. You know, I always thought that was going to be like the, the crazy thing. But okay, just picking up some traction. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's going to be something, and I don't think it's going to be native to like a JPEG, like or some kind of a profile picture project. I think it's going to be something else. Ooh. You know, something else like another asset that's going to be represented by an NFT. And that, like, that's the whole music uh, NFTs finally come to the foray. <laughs> uh, shout out, audience. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that's 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 all of my take. Uh, oh, last one is uh, BTC on DeFi. It's going to be a dark horse. Um, oh, it's, it's gonna be I was a waiting for someone horse. to say that. Yeah, BTC, BTC DeFi is a dark horse. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with Ray. Um, brought that up. Yeah. I was like. Is a dark horse. It's a hundred percent. Like no one's going to think about it. And then out of nowhere, it's like, yeah, you know, like, it depends how receptive Bitcoiners are to like DeFi. It depends like along the spectrum of philosophy of Bitcoiners. Cause you have like, those that are just like, it just needs to be like hard money, 21 million, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you have other ones that like want to like Bitcoin to like reach its full potential yeah. and think there can be a computation part to it. And like, you can have DeFi to it. So I think it's definitely, things are building, but you know, I think, you know what it is? I think like you may not have like Aves and stuff, but you may, I think you will have stable coins on BTC at least. I think you're yeah. going to like, and you've you already would have, at least you know, like, have a deposit. Pools. Yeah. yeah you like, would at least have like a deposit CD account of some sort, right? Where you can earn you and someone wants to take extra leverage or loans or whatever, like a credit market is going to emerge, I feel. Um, yeah. as like a very base layer like no swaps no f- like name coin like none of that stuff the color no coin yeah. none of that stuff just itself um and yeah. and you know everything around bitcoin um i feel dark horse dark horse but yeah that's that's it on my end um that's I got, what i, I got to predi- 2022 oh yeah okay two, i got two more predictions um okay. the financialization of block space and block building will take place and continue and ramp up people will build derivatives around just block space and block building in general. Like I like, I think that's just like, I mean, you're already kind of seeing derivatives around like validators and whatnot with um, like Lido and Fraxeth and rocket pool oh, and whatnot. Okay. And then like, but like, I feel like there's like more that can be like done that we haven't seen yet. And I think a lot of things may be unlocked with Shanghai, no pun intended. <laughs> And like, I think like, you know, every variable like allows for like more innovation and allows for more design space um, in DeFi. And so I think Shanghai, like when Shanghai happens, you're going to see some, uh, some innovation happen. And also just like maybe people like, you know, building markets around like blocks of these like validators and whatnot. But anyways, like financialization of block space and block building. Um, And then my last one is... Middleware will continue to grow. Eigenlayer will take center yes. stage as the marketplace yes. for all blockchain projects looking to secure their middleware infrastructure. And it'll help proliferate modular blockchains while harnessing the power of Ethereum. That's a good one. I, I think that yeah. goes along the lines with like the modularity and like almost, you know, blockchain as a service, like every bit of the blockchain. Yeah. Every part of the blockchain, right? Celestia also, right? That comes right in there to, to yeah. To I just, I, kind of, I just feel like eigenlayer is like a 
better version of like all of them because it just harnesses the power of Ethereum, which is already like have years of Lindy and this and that. I mean, granted, I could be wrong and like, you know, I, I respect what like everyone else is doing, but I feel like Eigenlayer just like puts ETH like back in the forefront in a big way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, even like true. have a bigger lead in the in like in a bigger way than before. Because yeah. before and it was to, like, you know, yeah. And to everyone out there, um, uh, we hold ETH. Uh, we are biased. Uh, we want the ETH price to go up. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not financial advice. <laughs> Not yeah. financial advice. I don't know. I, I'm still like scarred from my early days in crypto and like, I'm just like always will be like low key, like, you know, like eat, like ETH model. Like I just, you know, the whole, you know, ETH, just so much soul still on ETH. So, you know, and then, so yeah. So, okay. Um, anyways, that's our predictions for 2023. Um, we have some, both contrarian voices as well as, you know, common consensus. Uh, I think we're all like thinking in the same way for sure. Mm -hmm, Um, you know, I think we're all like on, you know, on the same page, like in the right direction. Um, and anyways, thank you all for listening and watching. Um, I know we're going to see you next year and to keep up with everything flywheel, because we have some big things coming, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell button. Let us know what you think in the comments. We really want to hear what do you think? Like, what are your predictions for 2023? What do you think of like 2022 we missed? Let us know in the comments. You can follow us on Twitter at FlywheelPod. Join the conversation at FlywheelPod. You can follow me on Twitter at DeFi Dave. You can follow me at 0x capital underscore K. And I'm at Trader's Actually, DeFi Dave 22. Yeah. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at DeFi Dave 22. We'll see you next year. Yes. We'll see you next year. We will see you next year. Woo! Peace. So good.